Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast and YouTube channel. Listen, make sure you subscribe today. You can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can go to our YouTube channel, True Underdog, or you can visit trueunderdog.com and subscribe to all of it. Damn, damn, damn. True Underdog. Jason Waller here, True Underdog Podcast and Underdogs. I have got an amazing show today, but I want to give an announcement real quick as we're going to the show. Top three podcasts. I want to appreciate all the listeners and followers out there. We passed Gary V. I love Gary V. but we're number three coming for that number one spot. And part of that is bringing guests on like we have today. This woman right here is a badass person. She is a leader. She's an entrepreneur. She's an angel investor. She's an author. She was on the show, Two Minute Drill with me. She's inspiring. She's motivating. She kicks ass and asks questions later. Kim Perel, how are you doing? Hey, Jason. So happy to be here with you. Congratulations, number three, working your way up to number one, baby. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. So how have you been? I've been great. I'm in New York this week. It's beautiful. It's a city's bopping. Oh, that's so good. And then I came to see you when I was in Florida. You've got a beautiful family, a beautiful home. How is it moving from California to Florida? Are you loving it yet? I love I love it. I actually I could we're nine months in and it's been like a whirlwind, but I feel it's been such an amazing time to make the jump from one place to another and just be able to really immerse yourself in a different environment and meet new people and it's just you know and everyone's mo- coming into Miami so I feel like I get to see you I get to see so many people everyone I'm like a stop on the way to somewhere well what's really cool about you Kim is you're a fellow EY entrepreneur of the year award winner so to me that's kind of like a fraternity like a group that we're in like and uh so I know that you've won that and you've built a tremendous businesses and you're invested in how many companies right now mm-hmm. over a hundred but a lot of exits. So I think, you know, I'm just waiting. I got a call. I got a call earlier yesterday that I got another one on the getting an exit. So that's good news. Well, that is great news. And I lean on you because, you know, we're in a transaction mode right now. So I use you as a coach to kind of understand the dynamic. Do I go public? Do we do private equity? All of those big questions that I lean on you for. You are definitely the expert of that. But let's talk about your early life. Let's start with that, right? So you grew up in Portland collecting cans to get an allowance. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any money. So in, in Portland, you got five cents for every can, which was a lot. And I, you know, at like nine, I had big dreams. I need like magazines. I need some Cheetos, maybe like, you know, trip down the something at the store. Yeah. So really, but we, we didn't have any, you know, other ways to make money. So I was ambitious and I went door to door collecting cans and then wheeled them up to the local grocery store and then, you know, traded them in. It was definitely, it was like my side hustle as like a young person, right? Well, then your side hustle led to flipping pizzas and suits. I mean, you're a real hustler. Talk about the journey all the way up to college. I mean, that's what you did. Your first car. What was all that like? Every, so honestly, like everything I ever wanted, I had to work for. And I think looking back, my dad was like eight hours is a half day, Kim. And I'd say, well, so I come home from school and he'd be like, what are you doing the rest of your day? I'm like, well, it's over. And he's like, no, that meant get a job. I'm like, I'm a kid. He's like, it doesn't matter who you are. Go get a job. So then I get a job. And to your point, yeah, I, I worked at a pizza parlor. I worked at a candy shop. I sold, I folded clothes. I like was a cashier. Then I like worked my way up and then I like sold suits. I mean, like you name it, I would do it just to make a buck. 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. Listen, you definitely have hustle. And we run the two-minute drill together that just came out season two. And you gave a lot of those entrepreneurs great advice and inspired them to keep pushing their business. But sometimes entrepreneurs struggle. And you know, you've you're an owner of over a hundred businesses now or invested in over a hundred businesses, but you were a multimillionaire by the age of 30. Did you have any struggles getting to that point? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Because like everybody the- sees the awards, but they don't see the struggles. So I want everybody they to see don't, the struggle. They don't. The overnight success is <laughs> is is not a is not a reality. No, I mean, like honestly, I was I definitely became a multimillionaire, but also, you know, I was my time I started is bankrupt. Um, I was broke. I had been unemployed. I've been fired. And how, and how old were you when that happened? When you went bankrupt? That was after you were successful and then went bankrupt, right? No. So I actually, like that was, I was 22 probably. So my first company, we'd raised 120 million and we thought we were, you know, it's dot com. It was a heyday. We thought we we're all going to be internet millionaires. And that, that dream became a very bad nightmare very quickly. And but so, that's still successful. You raise that kind of money, you've got a company and then it, you hit a wall. We hit a wall. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was an employee. So I was like number seven of like a company that grew to like 250 people. And it was big and it was like a precursor to Dropbox. So before it's cloud computing, it was just a hot space. You know, true visionaries have the vision. Sometimes just the market and the timing doesn't work. And I think it's important to note that because just like you, there's, everyone has a vision. It's all about market timing. There's other circumstances that may or may not impact like your success. And honestly, at that point we were just burning cash and uh, the company just could not, could not stay afloat. And so they laid, you know, I had to lay off all my friends who I told they were going to be millionaires. We're all going to be millionaires. And then they like, then I had to lay them off. So then lost a lot of trust on that one. And then I got fired too and found myself outside sitting on the, you know, sitting on the sidewalk thinking, what am I going to do? Right. I just, put my name on this. Like my track record wasn't exactly <laughs> painted full of successes. And, uh, I don't think anyone wanted to lend me any money at that point. And, you know, honestly though, but to your point, I felt like such a failure. Like I really felt like I just, you know, I hit rock bottom. And so when you hit rock bottom, you're like, what do you, you know, what do you do next? And I think you can only wallow for so long. Right. And at some point you have to make the conscious decision, like, you know, and make the decision. What are you going to do? And like, I believe the best bet you can make is a bet on yourself. Mm, amen. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you going to do? I'd already hit rock bottom. So there's nowhere else to go. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's, you know, the only place it goes up. So I took a leap, like a life changing leap and in, into entrepreneurship. And that's where like, that was a game changer for me. And everyone's like, get a real job. And it's like, well, I just had a real job. So there was no security in my real job. And so I might as well find something that I actually had control of, or at least my own personal belief I had control of it, right? When you start your own company, you know, the buck stops with you. There's no one you can blame. There's, you know, like it's just, that's, it's the end. And I felt like I was, I was happy to take on that, take, take on that pressure because at least the only, if it didn't work out again, I can only blame myself. Yeah, because you you controlled your destiny. And one thing you just said for the listeners and viewers out there is you took a leap. You know, a lot of people are scared to take that leap. A lot of people would have hit bottom and just kind of quit on themselves and just went and did the everyday job. I always think of the guy at Dunkin' Donuts. Remember the old commercials? I've got to go make the donuts. Like a lot of people want to live like that because they're scared of failure and they're scared to take that leap, which you took a leap the first time it failed. And then you took another leap 
on yourself rather than being part of something with somebody else. And you grew it from the bottom up. Talk about that. You mean you grew this company and then you ended up selling it for it was two hundred and thirty five million dollars or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely a journey. So again, I don't think the road to success is a straight line. I there tell everybody the there's no elevator. You gotta take the stairs and it's like, <laughs> oh, I no fall, elevator. you gotta keep going. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely a journey trying to, you know, trying to get to the top. And honestly, I don't think you ever really, you know, what is the top anyway, right? Like I think it's just a matter of an accomplishment. It's like for me, it's just doing what you love and like having the belief in yourself and like this big idea and this passion and creating it. And honestly, it was hard. And I think that's really important. Like I sat at my kitchen table, everyone has a kitchen table. There is no one per, you know, if you don't have a kitchen table, you've got a garage, you've got a basement, you've got some, it doesn't actually even, and now that was 20 years ago. It's never been easier to start something. And I really believe if you have the ambition, you can, if, if you really believe in it, you can achieve that. So it's like how, if I can start at my kitchen and go all the way up, so can you, right? And I think that's really important to remember. It's like I started with nothing, less than nothing, because I had, <laughs> had you know, a track record of bankruptcy, so that wasn't helping me. But, you know, I definitely crawled my way back up. And nothing, you know, the transition of you running your company was, it was AMOB, right? What were the challenges you ran, you know, that you ran into before you got to the point where you could sell the company? Oh my gosh. Well, originally the challenges we had was we had not any cash, right? So that, that, that was a challenge. That's and hard to so, do stuff without cash. People don't, I mean, people need to understand that. You can. I mean, it's like people, and say people say that, how do I start something without any money? Well, it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of hustle, right? So it's like, I was, you know, I, and it's a good thing. I think for me, like going back to my dad's like eight hours a half day. So 16 hours, like I was putting in day in and day out. Like I was, you know, just determined to be successful. And I think that like relentless determination and then ambition, like you find like a path leads to a fast. So it's like finding that path to success and understanding, even if you hit the roadblock, like to your point, there is no elevator. Start taking the stairs, start walking, right? Well, let's talk about the rise of women entrepreneurs. I mean, especially during the pandemic, I've seen so many awesome females step up, take that leap that you took. Where do you think we are right now for female entrepreneurs and where do you think we're trending? I mean, honestly, I think, you know, it's hard. I think pandemic, I have four kids. So it's been hard. And I think for females and female entrepreneurs, just trying to start a business while during the pandemic and you have your kids at home and depending on the ages, your homeschooling is so much that I actually think it's probably one of the hardest times for a woman to start, um, depending on the support system and, you know, other circumstances. So, but I think the opportunity has never been better. I really believe that. And so it's having that belief because you can still start. I mean, I again have four kids. I wake up in the morning before they get up. I'm working when, after they go to sleep, like how do you find the time to do that? Like you just got to cut out all the noise. You know, I look at it like noise and bandwidth. You only have so much bandwidth every day and you can only tolerate like so much noise. So really like reducing the noise so you can really focus on really what matters and like cut all of the distractions out. Definitely make sure to listen to your podcast. But other than that, you just got to like cut it all out because it's noise. Focus on like what you want to achieve, like with that relentless determination, right? Yeah. And balance, you know, life balance, having four kids, you know, being this, this woman entrepreneur mogul. I mean, you're just taking on the world. You're doing big things. We're going to talk about your book that you already had in the book that's coming out. But 
you know, you're on TV shows, you're all over the place. You know, you're running over a hundred companies that you're invested in. How do you do life balance? You know, how does a, how does any person out there listening balance family and business? And how does a, how does a mom do that? You know, how does a mom balance that? Yeah. I, for me, because I have two sets of twins. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's serious. So everything for me is about scheduling. And so I schedule honestly, like blocks of time with my family, just, I would schedule blocks of time to work or blocks of time to like exercise or blocks. Like everything to me is just maximizing every minute of the day for what's most important, um, to achieve my own goals. And obviously for me, Put my family first is, is very important to me. And then I love helping others achieve success. I love entrepreneurs. Like it is in my DNA. I just wake up and think, how can we create and innovate and how can I help others? But again, to the point of noise, there's not a lot of other things besides my family and like my my entrepreneur like goals and like that support that I do. Like I'm really focused. No, I I love that. I mean, you're empowering people and serving and helping people all the time and inspiring them. And it's so important that we give back. You know, our success continues to grow as we continue to give back and bring people along for the ride. You do a great job of that. Let's talk about you being an angel investor in almost over 100 companies with over 20 exits with your name on it. Now, I'm looking for my first exit, right? I'm like, whoa, I'm like new to the exit game, right? And I'm probably going to stay in another tranche, but I'm working my way to that. What is that like? How exciting is that? And for the listeners that don't know what that means, explain what that means when you're an angel investor and then you have exits. Well, I mean, it's so interesting. I think the best exits, like the one that most meaningful are the ones you build yourself. So like the first company, when I sold it the first time and I sold it twice. So similar to what you're saying, Jason, like in a second bite of the apple, but the first time, like that's something that you put, it's like your baby. It's like everything you had, you put in it. And to have someone else realize the value of that is there's nothing else. Like you can't put a, you know, there's no price on that. I do remember I actually sold and like it hit when I was in Vegas and I went to the ATM machine and like, it couldn't, it exceeded like the numbers that were on the little like ticket it gives you. And I was like, it was just like one of those things that you'll never forget. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't even believe like I never in the world like thought it was going to be this great or big or just like so grateful. Right. But I think that was like one of those moments when you just, you can't even believe it. So oh, that's I awesome. don't know. And then, right. And like, then how do I, you know, after that, that's when I started, I, I hadn't invested until I, until I sold the first time and then I had capital to invest. And then, then I really just wanted to, you know, invest in other people that were on that same journey and that were, you know, like I, my grandma invested in me and that's what started my first company. And I think, how do I pay that forward? I really want to make sure, you know, like let's invest in other entrepreneurs and like give them the same mentorship and like, how do I do that? And so that's why I invest in a lot of companies because I really want to be, you know, there to support them and have them have that moment, right? No, I think that I, I couldn't imagine getting a receipt. I'm in Vegas. I'm ready to give you guys ready to roll some dice. Oh shit. I can't even see the zeros on my thing. Like true swag, baby. What? Like that's, Hey, that is great though. I mean, cause look, it's well-deserved when you work hard, and you build something you love that you're passionate about. And people don't realize like, like having a business, it's like, it's, it's our child. I mean, you really have five kids that we, your business was your other child. That's how I look at it. I've, I've got four kids, two grandkids, but really I got five because power home's my child and you love it like a child. It's different, but it's similar. And when someone's going to come in and do that, the value and the hard work that you put in, it's like, Hey, do I, you know, are they going to love this? Like I do. And, you know, what's the real value there? But 
you said something earlier that that I'm kind of addicted to. It's the reason why I do the podcast. It's the reason why I wanted to write a book. And it's paying that forward, but it's really, it's helping other entrepreneurs. It's coaching. It's mentoring. It's building our future. I mean, you're so great at that. You know, we got to do that together on the show. You've, you've had a book, you know, your first book that came out was a top seller and, you know, it was the execution factor. And so people out there that haven't read your book, they need to read your book, but they need to understand that when you're successful and when you're on your journey, the more people that you can help, that's only going to elevate you and they're going to elevate with you. You agree? Yeah, I totally agree. I could not, I mean, honestly, I couldn't agree more. I wrote the book because I look back at all these companies and like what made them successful and what, what, what made them fail, right? Because not all companies will be successful, but I believe there's traits that individuals like entrepreneurs embody that can set themselves up for exponential success. And so that's why I wrote the first book was really to like, Hey, if you follow these traits and there's five traits, you will be successful. I guarantee it. Like I, and that's how I look at when I look at investments that I want to put money into, I look at these traits. I'm saying, do you have these five traits? If you don't, which one do you not? And maybe you got to work on it. Let's go back to the angel investing. So if you have 20 exits, what does that look like? You, you, so the listeners know you invest into a company that is struggling. And the reason why a lot of these companies are looking for investors is they have a great concept. They have a great idea. Maybe they need cash flow to get to the next light. Or you know, maybe they need process and coaching, but money comes in so they're not as stressed. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, it's hard to live your life when you know, you're giving 16, 18 hour days to a business and you're paid less than everybody else in the company. Eventually you don't want to be worn out on that. You want to get to a point where the company you've reinvested, built a foundation and the company's profit will pay you back. Sometimes you got to bring in investors in there. What's an exit look like for some of the, you know, some of the companies you've invested in? Oh my goodness. I've had some really great exits. So, You know, listen, I, I think it just depends. I'm in tech, so the exits and the multiples on exits are probably far greater than anywhere else. And I think like that's in my DNA. So I'd invest like just like pointers on investing and where you're putting your money. Put your money on what you know or what you want to learn, right? Because I'm investing in areas where I believe I have expertise, which is using technology to fuel innovation or 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 businesses that could be disrupted or markets that could be disrupted. But, you know, when I look at other people that are investing, they're usually investing in things they know they're investing for and people they know. And it depends like an angel investment. You have no idea if it's going to be successful or not. You are betting on the person to get it to the next level. And most people, you know, that are doing angel investing, which is basically you come to me and say, Kim, I have an idea. And I'm looking at you going, well, who's the team? What's your TAM total addressable market? And like, do you have like that tribal leadership, right? Like, do you have that ability to like, to get people to follow you when any, you know, when everything else is falling around you? So I'm really looking for specific individuals at the angel level. And then I think you go into growth and different parts of, you know, different opportunities that you can invest in. But I mean, I I love the angel investing because I think that's where, that's where the magic happens. That's where it's like hardest, right? Like how do we help people skip the line and the learning curve? Because it's hard. And if someone was there like, Hey Kim, I like, you know, I really want to be operational. I want people to be able to call me and say COVID hit. I'm screwed. What am I going to do? And then we're going to help solve, right? Like a lot of companies did that. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm here. I want people to call me. I'm like, we're going to come up with a great plan. And so many of those companies have come out the other side. They've now raised money. They're like in a great place. And like they made it through. And so 
Like I want to be that support system for entrepreneurs when it like the times get hard because everyone will be there when like the times are great. Everyone shows up when times are hard. Who actually shows up? I know. I agree. I agree. That's I couldn't say that any better. So you have a book coming out in the fall. What can you tell us about it? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. My new book's coming out. and I'm excited too. Ah, it's called Jump. Do what scares you in business and life. So if I can jump and like when you really look at it and I really start to try to reflect what's stopping people from jumping, right? Is it fear? Is it, it's better to stay somewhere in like in a stagnant position in a career because it's just, easy or is it like what you know is better than what you don't know no you should move like there's a, something in you that knows you should move if you can feel that like that gut instinct it's time to jump it's time to take the leap because it's far riskier and like regret is worse than not doing anything right like looking back at me like i should have taken that risk i should have jumped i should have started that business taken that promotion start a new job like why are people staying it's time to jump i love that that's gonna be a fun book I need a signed copy of your first book and a signed copy of your second book, by the way. I will send you both. I'll personally deliver because I've never, I mean, hey, because now now that you're not my neighbor anymore, I better. Yeah, you, you can still fly. <laughs> Come out and see me in Michigan anytime. Bring the kids. Have fun. It's not as great as Florida, but it's okay. I can't complain. So let's talk leadership qualities. You know, you are an awesome leader. And you know, I think to meet you on the show and you're Dave Meltzer's friend and he's a CEO coach for me. And I love the guy. You love the guy. I'm going to see him this weekend. I'm going to give a big hug like you asked me to from you. But, but you know, he also is a great leader. And I think when you're a great leader, I want you to talk about what, what qualities do you think make a great leader? I think for me, and I'm really specific to entrepreneurship, it's, you know, and, and any great entrepreneur has to, I think, intrinsically be a great leader, right? Because you, no one is successful alone. So I think it, for me, it's about having a really crystal clear vision of like what you want to achieve. Because if you're leading people, how do they know where they're going if you can't clearly articulate like that destination? So it's like that clear picture of, of what you want to be at, or what you want to achieve is, is really important for a leader. I think it's about having, I'm really, you know, and as you know, just having great relationships, you know, whether that be with, um, partners, vendors, employees, like I, I can't say enough about having strong relationships. And I think like, if you're going to make bets, it's just like, you don't again, don't want to do it alone. Let's find people that really believe what you believe and like are there to, to create something special together. So I'm really believe like leadership is about not, not caring about yourself, but like caring about everybody else. Right. And I think that's important. And then I, you know, I really like resilience, like you got to be able and any leader is going to face tough times. And so what do you do when the times that are challenging? Like, how do you react? And I think it really shows a lot for people like when you're bankrupt and broken at the bottom, like, do you, you know, dust yourself off and get back up? Or do you know, you blame it on someone else? Because in my personal belief is, you're, you know, you can only blame yourself. Like there are circumstances. Everyone has circumstances. Like I, everyone, you know, bad things happen. I totally agree. But you know, you have to be able to look at yourself and say, what can I do now? What can I do? Not like, you know, so many people in my experience spend time complaining about what I like a victim. You're not a victim. You have the power to choose. You have the power to make that jump. You just have to make the choice. And I think like that choice is yours, right? 
Yeah, it reminds me of my co-host I always used to have on, John LeBlanc. He told me, he asked me if I knew what the difference was between a buffalo and a cow. Do you? <laughs> no. Oh, it's a good one, though. So when the storm's coming, Kim, a cow runs from the storm and the storm stays over the cow longer. But when a storm's coming, a buffalo runs right through it. Therefore, it conquers the storm and it's a lot shorter pain. It goes right through the storm. And in life, you want to try to be a buffalo. And kind of what you talked about are those leadership qualities of, of being resilient and getting back up, dusting yourself off and taking it to the next level and not taking no for an answer or making excuses. We all have our own stuff, our own shit. That's what happens. We all have it. That's, that's life. I, you know, life is like, I'm not great at golf. I suck. But when I golf, there's a sand bunker, there's out of bounds, there's all kinds of stuff. That's life. And I think when we try to be a Buffalo, I love when he said that to me, I was like, dude, that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. But I think about that when a storm's coming or when a problem's coming, am I going to run from it, let it chase me and make myself miserable? Or am I going to run right through it and get, get it over with? And I just, that's what it reminded me of when you said that, you know, it's kind of inspiring that. those people. Isn't that great? That, that was a John LeBlanc that. quote. That wasn't that. my quote. It was great. But I think it's totally to your point, right? As a leader, it's like start training. If you want to be a great leader, start training for setbacks. Put yourself in positions where you're going to get rejected all the time. It's like people reject me all the time and like it's kind of normalized, right? Like I've failed. Like honestly, like nothing shocks me because I've actually been on the other side. And like now I know that I can like whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. Well, hey, I'm excited to continue to do great things with you, Kim, because you are freaking amazing. How can the people find you? What do you got coming on? What do you got going on in the next year or two? And how can they find you and follow you? Oh, my goodness. I've got so many great things happening. So number one, please visit my website, kimperell.com. You'll see all the great things I've got going on. I've got a partnership with Entrepreneur about how to start a side hustle. I've got a new program, uh, six weeks to start your own business. So really focus on empowering entrepreneurs. And then my book, my new book's coming out November 2nd. So it will be on pre-sale soon. But Really, you know, I'm just here to support anyone who's wants to, who has a dream and wants to achieve something great. Like I would love to help mentor you and help you through that process. So please let me know. Well, count me down for about 150 to 200 books for our team. I'm going to hand it to all the leadership, you know, out of our, we have 2000 employees. So go ahead and count me down. Send me the link for the pre-order because I know our team would love that book and it's going to be exciting for them as well. We'd love to have inspirational people out there, authors out there to really motivate and elevate the team. And it's so good that you mentioned earlier before the thing, like people hang out, like people to keep pushing people and elevating people up. And I think a message they hear from me feels good, but they hear from me all the time. And a message they hear from you could feel better in a different way and excite them. And it's, it's kind of what I like to make sure the culture at Power Home is like that. They have entrepreneur minds so they can continue to help build that movement. So I'm in for about 200 books. Put me down for that, by the way. Uh, thanks, Jason. I love it. Welcome personally. Let's talk to the team. Let's like see what's happening over there, right? Absolutely. I am super excited. We're going to have to get together uh, soon. And then are, are you doing any of the office hours with David Meltzer? I I don't know. I'm sure I will. You know, I'm here to support. So in any way, yes, I love David and he's just so such a great, such an inspiring individual, huh? I'll be in California filming with him doing that July 11th to the 16th. But uh, I didn't know if you'd be in town then. But if not, I'm going to come see you in Florida sooner than later. Okay. Well, come see me soon, my friend. I will. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you, Kim Perel. Bam.
And that concludes another episode here on True Underdog. If you're interested in hearing more, make sure you subscribe at iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the YouTube channel. You can always visit trueunderdog.com. Subscribe to all of them. Make sure you check out our newest episodes coming out on Mondays and Thursdays. True Underdog, baby. Damn. Damn. True Underdog. Damn. 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 Damn